Welcome back, everybody. It's the second hour. One more to go after this one. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you want to call in, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. You can get me all over social media at EW Erickson. If you text DATA to 33777, you can get a link to my daily email. You should subscribe to that. In fact, we're giving some discounts away um, uh, on on subscriptions through the end of the day today. But nonetheless, uh, you can just sign up for free if you want. There's no cost from a lot of the content. I want to start this hour with a phone call, actually, uh, because it ties into, I suspect, uh, right where I was going to head anyway. So, David, I'm going to go to you next on the program. Welcome to the show. Yes, sir. I just want to highlight what you had said or one of the comments you had said already. By the way, the guy before me, he nailed it. You're 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 awesome. Just thank uh, you. I appreciate it. Much more on that. Well, and I always enjoy listening to you, as does most people here, I'm sure, and in Tulsa. I'm sure they love you there. I used to live there, so that's why I, last time I mentioned to you, I, you need to go to Tulsa. Anyway, I do. Yeah. Um, we had. Uh, I've talked to numerous kids. I do Uber and Lyft, and you get the feel on on people and I've picked up numerous kids over the last few years that think they want socialism. I said, no, you don't. And I told him the story you emphasized just a while ago, that part of the story where you said, where if you rebelled and rebelled and rebelled, they wonder, Hey, you haven't seen him in a while. Right. <laughs> like you said, anyway, I just wanted to highlight that and get that out there. Cause a lot of people are in this misconstrued that they also think they're not going to have to work, which Wrong. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Listen, David, I appreciate that. Not only do they have to work, uh, but they got to work hard for very little pay under a socialist communist regime. Yeah. You know, it's all I always find it funny. The people who want socialism have never lived in socialism. Meanwhile, all the people who live there are dying to come to this, literally in some cases dying to get to this country. You know, that's one of the big issues that has shifted Hispanic voters towards the GOP is socialism. Uh, Hispanic Latino voters in 2020 who were concerned about the rise of socialism overwhelmingly voted Republican, not just for Trump, across the board voted Republican. And that's becoming a problem for the Democrats. And this does get to where I wanted to go. By the way, you should know, uh, Monmouth University just came out with a poll in Virginia, 46-46 each candidate up three points in two separate turnout models. Consistently in the polling averages, the only candidate who's actually moving across polls is Glenn Youngkin. Momentum in his direction. Can he close the deal? We'll find out. That, that that's, that's not where I want to go, but I wanted you to know that. Here's where I want to go. Democrats need a bad guy. Democrats need a bad guy. They're trying the Democratic Party is to get this reconciliation plan passed. And they're still running into problems with reconciliation. They're running into a number of problems. In large part, they're running into problems because the progressives and the moderate Democrats are so fundamentally opposed to certain things. uh, And you put one side's core issues in, that causes the other side to walk away. Uh, The the lost is an issue. The the local... um, no, what is it? Um, salt, not lost. Salt is the state and local taxation issue. The White House is signaling salt is dead. Uh, the Trump tax cuts back in 2018 
got rid of the deduction rich people use to offset their state taxes into federal taxes. So it used to be if you paid $20,000 in state taxes, you could deduct those from your federal taxes. The Trump administration uh, actually capped this. They didn't get rid of it altogether. They capped it. So the cap helps the poor and the middle class, but uh, the rich can't take advantage of it anymore. And a lot of rich people packed up and left Illinois, California, and New York and moved to no-tax states like Texas and Florida and Tennessee. And Democratic politicians from those states have wanted to bring salt back. Moderates have said they needed salt to come back in, and progressives have said uh, they're opposed to it because it is a tax cut for the rich. And progressives oppose tax cuts for all the rich, including their own rich. And the Biden administration has now sided with progressives on this, and the reason being if they brought the salt deduction back, it would upset the reconciliation balance. Remember, everything in reconciliation has to be paid for. So that's that's hurting them. Carbon tax is out. We'll spend a little more time on this later, but uh, they wanted to throw in a carbon tax. Joe Manchin and John Tester of Montana have said that's a non-starter. They're having to scale back their major climate change plans. The progressives say that's a non-starter. They're having to scale back their child care plans. The moderates and the progressives both say that's a non-starter. They're having a real hard time getting anything done. I suspect I'm still in the camp that they're going to get something done. I think the Democrats are going to pass something. I think if they can't get it passed before the Virginia election and McAuliffe loses or barely wins, that it may kill everything as they start blaming each other and gearing up for 2022. But I think they want to pass something. They want to run on saying they got something done. Listen, in the public's mind, I realize that it's a 50-50 Senate, but Kamala Harris can break a vote, can can break the filibuster, uh, or, or rather she can break a tie vote. And it may be 50-50 in the Senate, but it's really 51-50. They control the House. They control the Senate. Chuck Schumer is the majority leader. Nancy Pelosi is the speaker. Joe Biden is the president. In the public's mind, the Democrats control Washington right now. If they can't get anything done, the public's going to say, well, what good is it? And if they do get something done, it's going to be such an amalgamation of bureaucratic nonsense No one really is going to understand it. The Democrats love to say, oh, it's all very popular. Everything's very popular. But when you start telling people, do you really want a $3.5 trillion plan on top of everything else? The public starts to turn against it. You can't ask the public the big issues of, of do you like these things? They don't even understand it. No one understands reconciliation unless they study it. No one really understands the child tax credits they want in there. No one really understands the Green New Deal stuff in there. The Democrats are just running on these sloganesque things, and, and they, they don't really matter to people. So if the Democrats can't run on their agenda, and the Democrats can't run on what they've accomplished, they run on a bad guy. The Democrats need a villain. And the villain, it it can't be Mark Zuckerberg. They tried that when the public doesn't really care about that issue. It can't be the, the greedy financiers. You know, the public now says we need less government. 
It's not going to be the hedge fund makers or the hedge fund guys. It's not going to be the private equity guys. It's not going to be insurance guys. It's not going to be pharmaceutical companies that at a time of a global pandemic, they can't afford to make the pharmaceutical companies bad guys. Sure as heck, is it going to be China? So it's going to be you. It's going to be me. We're going to be the bad guys. The Democrats, first of all, want to fixate on Donald Trump. Now, here's a problem. Uh, There are some areas of the country where Donald Trump will galvanize Democrats, but he also galvanizes Republicans and even some independents. In places like Ohio, Donald Trump actually might actually help turn out the Republican vote. In parts of Texas, Florida, he, he might help more than he hurts. Democrats have to be careful. Which is why you're starting to see the strange amalgamation of villains. The newest villain for the Democrats are the whiners. If you complain about not being able to get something because of the supply chain problems, you're a selfish, greedy, whining SOB. Shut up. Nobody cares about your lack of toilet paper. People are dying of the virus. Shut up. I mean, we're literally getting lectured by Democratic politicians that if you complain about something, people are dying. How can you be so selfish? You can't get your brisket. It sounds a little all overwrought to me, but they need a villain. So if you're complaining about the supply chain, they also they want to shut you up. You see, this, this goes back to the way a lot of authoritarian regimes operate. They need you to be silent. You can't talk about these issues. That's why we have to talk about these issues. Facebook apparently is, is going to start um, downgrading you in the algorithm if you use Let's Go Brandon. It's hate speech, don't you know? They need a villain. So it's going to be the whiners who complain about the supply chain because you're selfish. You're putting yourself ahead of America. It's going to be the unvaccinated. We've already seen this happening. You got to have the unvaccinated. They are the bad guys. The pandemic will end when everyone gets vaccinated, except now, you know, they're actually saying that if you if we get every kid in America vaccinated, we still need to wear masks all the time. We're just gonna have to keep masks. Flus, you know, we, we wiped out the flu. We've wiped out the flu because of the COVID restrictions. So let's keep the restrictions to keep the flu from coming back. And every kid now needs to get vaccinated. And if you don't, you why do you hate your grandmother? Why are you letting your grandmother die? You're the bad guy you unvaccinated pilots who are causing shortages for airlines. You're the bad guy. You're disrupting people's travel because you're selfish. You're the bad guy. Oh, and you Trump supporters, you're the ones doing it too. It's all the Trump, it's Trump and the Trump supporters' fault. That's why we got to keep the, the, the January 6th commission going. Yes, a majority of Americans do want the nine, the January 6th commission to figure out what the heck happened, but most Americans, they're not, really blaming Trump at this point. Trump is an afterthought to most Americans and the Biden administration, they need a villain. They need to bring Trump back. Donald Trump campaigning around the country plays into the Democrats' hands in in large part because they need to keep him there in public at the forefront of people's minds saying it's either us or him. At this point, though, the way the Democrats don't understand is a lot of people are saying, yeah, I may go back to that guy. 
I mean, the Democratic bubble, they're, they're wrapped up so much in a bubble that everybody must hate Donald Trump. They never want to go back to him. Let, let's stay over here, except it's not going to work out that way. It's not going to work out. The, the Democrats, they may all hate Trump, but a lot of Americans are saying, you know, we didn't have these empty shelves when Trump was around. We didn't have inflation when Trump was around. They're also making parents the villains. You parents showing up complaining about critical theory, you're just a bunch of racist dog whistle bigots. How dare you go to school and tell the school what they should teach your children? You're not an educator. How should you know? Shut up. You're the bad guys. Non-union workers, you're the bad guys. You've even got some Republicans in on this one. J.D. Vance, Blake Masters running in Arizona and others, they're all pro-union. They want to grow the union workforce. Raise wages, they say. Improve worker rights, they say. It'll cost everyone else a whole lot of money. The Democrats are all about you, you ununionized workers. Y'all are the ones causing the problems. You're the ones whose wages aren't keeping up. You're the ones who are allowing these companies to get so big. It's all your fault. And the police, my gosh, you're a bunch of white cracker racists out there, you police officers, doesn't matter whether you're black or Hispanic, you too are part of white supremacy. You're the bad guy. You need to be defunded. But nobody's talking about defunding, mind you. We're just reprioritizing. No, nobody really wants to defund the police. The Democrats have a collection of villains. They're not nearly as impressive as Batman's villains. There's no Joker. There's no Riddler. There's just Trump, Trump supporters, the unvaccinated, the the people who are upset they can't get what they want at the grocery store, the middle class, you're all the bad guys. The Democrats have to have a villain. They can't run on what they've accomplished. They can't run on what they're going to accomplish. They can't run anymore on Joe Biden being a uniter. They can't run on Afghanistan. All they can run on is stop the other guy from coming back and stop his supporters. The Democrats have to divide in order to try to win. But here's the problem. Donald Trump's not on the forefront of people's minds. Joe Biden is president. All of these things that are happening, the Biden administration is in denial about. And so I don't think these villains, this cast of villains, you and me, we're also this thing called voters. And if enough people interpret themselves as being the villains in Joe Biden's world, they're going to go take it out on Joe Biden at the polls. And right now, Biden and his entire team, they're in such a bubble, they don't realize that they are castigating the majority of Americans because the parents are concerned, and it's not just conservatives. People who are concerned about grocery store shelves, they got legit concerns. The poor have a lot of concerns about inflation and their lack of take-home pay. And, and the Biden administration is villainizing all these people as whiners and out of touch and, and adhering to racist dog whistles. And Trump supporters, many of them aren't. And they're going to be mad as hell come November of next year. Americans continue to navigate through multiple crises this year. We the People, a Bradley speaker series, offers insights and ideas on the current challenges we face from some remarkable organizations the Bradley Foundation supports. Visit bradleyfdn.org liberty 
to watch their most recent episode. It features Stephen Suckup, author of The Dictatorship of Woke Capital, How Political Correctness Captured Big Business, an Encounter Books publication. In the episode, Suckup discusses the left's gradual takeover of corporate America and why the free market hasn't been able to prevent it, the dangerous impact of shareholder activism and efforts to push back on it. That's Bradley with an L-E-Y at the end, fdn.org slash liberty to watch the video. New episodes debut weekly. Go back often, subscribe to their YouTube channel to be notified when a new episode is posted. That's bradleyfdn.org slash liberty. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. Well, I, I, you know, I tell you, follow the polling average. Don't, don't follow the individual polls. The Biden administration would prefer you to not look at any of this. The latest polling is just brutal. Biden is now uh, approved 42.3%, disapproved 51.2%. He's in Trump territory for you Democrats out there. Uh, there's an 8.9% spread. Now, there are a couple of them uh, with Quinnipiac, interestingly enough. With all Amer- Quinnipiac released two data points on all Americans and just registered voters. Now, the uh, you should know that Real Clear Politics uses the smaller pool. So if you've got all Americans versus registered voters, they're going to go with registered voters. If you've got registered voters versus likely voters, they're going to go with likely voters. The smaller the pool tends to be a more accurate sample. So uh, Quinnipiac with registered voters, it is 40 approved, 51 disapproved. With all Americans, it's 38% approved. 52 or 53 disapprove. The more troubling one, the one that gives Democrats heartburn today is the Ann Selzer survey. So Quinnipiac comes out, and it's I just looked, it's 37.5% approve in the Quinnipiac of all Americans. Ann Selzer is, a, you could consider her the dean of American polling, She's the most respected pollster in the United States. She tends to only poll in Iowa. Occasionally, she does a national survey. And when Ann Selzer does a survey, Republicans and Democrats pay attention because she is widely considered the best pollster in America. She's the most respected uh, in large part because Selzer has tried to take the magic out of polling. She's very open about what she does. She's open to criticism. She's open to change. Uh, she's one of the very few pollsters out there who just kind of, she, she's not a black box. She's to come in, see how I do this thing. And and people respect that. Her poll, 37% of Americans approve of Joe Biden. He's down 13% at her poll. He's only down 11 in the Quinnipiac poll, and that's only because uh, that's the registered voters. He's actually down 12 in the Quinnipiac All-American Survey. And Selzer does an All-American Survey of 915 Americans. And it's 37 approved. Quinnipiac is 40 approved. Let me just give you the, the numbers here. And I'm going to leave out Rasmussen because Rasmussen is down 17, but Rasmussen is definitely a Republican poll. Reuters, he's down two. Economist, YouGov, down three. Politico Morning Consult, he's down seven. Quinnipiac, he's down 11. Selzer, he's down 13. Democrats thought he was recovering. But you know the irony here? There's not a scandal. There's not a scandal. There's just a series of disasters 
that Biden has made worse. Let's think about that when we come back. You may think there's a scandal, but let's let's think about that when we come back. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you would like to be a part of the program, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. We must talk about some of this Biden stuff. I I, I just, I, I, I want to put this in perspective for you in a couple of ways. Before we move on to what I was going to talk about here, um, I, I got a few more things in this hour about COVID in particular in this uh, allowing kids to take the vaccine. We'll get there though. I want you to think about something remarkable. Joe Biden right now in the real clear politics polling average, his uh, popularity is there's an 8.9% spread, uh, 40% approval. That's really bad. That's it's, it's really bad. Uh, the, the Biden team's polling results right now are appalling. And what is one of the most damning things for Joe Biden is the Ann Selzer poll. As I have mentioned, Ann Selzer is one of the most widely respected pollsters in America. If not, she's probably the most respected, the dean of American polling. People look to her uh, as someone who is very responsible, very open and transparent, she she's not a black box pollster. You, you kind of know what goes in and goes out so people can take her data. They can run it themselves and they see, yeah, okay, she, she's modeling well. You, you know, the bulk of polling, one of the hardest things about polling is the model who's going to vote. When Ann Zelzer does an All-Americans poll, she tends to be pretty on the nose with it. A polling All-Americans tends to be a little easier than trying to figure out who are the likely voters who are the registered voters who matter? And Ann Solzer has done one, and it's a negative 13. Uh, Joe Biden, his popularity is at 37%. His disapproval is at 50%. Real clear politics, I, I said it was was uh, 40. It's, it's actually 42.3% is approved, 51.2% disapproved, negative 8.9 spread. That's the polling average for real clear politics. Biden's approval looked like it was going back up. It looked like things were improving. It looked like things were trending north for Joe Biden. And now suddenly it's it's gone back down. And it, what is really remarkable about this is that there isn't a scandal. Now, you, you may think, what about the Hunter Biden shit? Well, okay, you can think about that stuff, but that's not really in the forefront of people's minds. There's there's no Iran-Contra. There's no uh, Border Patrol selling weapons to the Mexican drug cartels. There's no U- pressure on Ukraine to cough up evidence on a, on a political opponent. There's no Scooter Libby. There's no scandal. It's events. It's events that the Biden administration seems unable to solve or incapable of improving or that they disparage Americans for even worrying about it. It's, it's it, the, the, first they say there is no inflation, then inflation is transitory, then inflation is going to be here for a while, then shut up, you bigot, who cares? That's not a way to solve the problem. 
It doesn't help that Jen Psaki, she's joking. She wasn't being serious, but it, her flippant manner of the supply chain is, oh, about the treadmill that can't get here. It's not the treadmill. It's the empty grocery store sell- shelves. The pandemic is wound down. Why are the sports drinks still out of the, you, you can't get them at the grocery store. At least at mine, there's no Gatorade. There's no Powerade. They're gone. They, they are not there. They do not exist. Uh, there are cuts of deli meat that we can't get at the grocery store. Uh, the frozen bread, I went to buy garlic bread yesterday at the grocery store, day, two days ago at the grocery store. There was one brand, Kohl's, which I never got before. It was perfectly fine, but usually they have three or four varieties. They got the Pepperidge Farm and a couple others. They were all gone. There was nothing. There was emptiness. The meat selections are limited. The meat prices have increased. Gas prices have gone up. The Democrats are in denial about critical race theory. And then there's the virus itself and the protocols on the virus. The Biden administration is, continues to dig holes for itself and is denying it. Uh, the, the Biden administration, they're, they're trying to get people to read Max Boot this morning. Max Boot, of course, uh, had a seat at the, the table for Republicans when Trump got elected. They took his seat away. He's been bitter ever since that he has no clout in the GOP, and he's desperately whoring himself about for the Democrats to pay attention to him, blaming Republicans for everything. And that's his, his piece today is it's the Republicans' fault. Blame them for COVID. Of course, uh, you got White House advisors helpfully circulating that around. Uh, when Jen Rubin says anything, for God's sake, they, they circle. They, Make sure you read Jen Rubin, folks. No, nobody wants to read Jen Rubin. It's like the insane asylum gets a keyboard and and they start flinging poo at the keys to see what lands. The Biden administration doesn't have a scandal and yet his polling is in free fall. And there's a big spike in the last few days. On October 4th, it was disapproved 47.9, approved 45.3. And since then, it's gotten worse. This seems to be an administration we are 11 months in and they have given up governing. They've given up trying. The best they can do is pit American against American. They're trying to pit the vaccinated against the unvaccinated. They're trying to pit the black parent against the white parent. They're trying to pit the black person against the white person. They're trying to pit the non-Trump supporter against the Trump supporter. This isn't going to go well. It's not going to go well for any of them. It's not going to go well for the Democrats headed into, into next year. It's not going to go well for Terry McAuliffe in a couple of weeks in Virginia. And they can't seem to get their minds wrapped around what they need to do to fix things. They're just kind of grasping at straws. And, and that's kind of the crazy thing here is that Joe Biden promised if you elected him, he was a real leader. He had 50 years of experience in Washington. He knew what to do. He was surrounded by the, the best and the brightest and the highly competent. He would fix things. He would get us back to normal. And now they're trying to redefine absurdity as the new normal. It's not working. People are starting to realize it and people are pissed. And we're seeing it now in the polls. His honeymoon is over. Now, events can change things. Events totally can change things. But I just, I got to say, I think it is very, very notable 
that there has not been a scandal. There have been a series of crises. There have been a series of events. There's not been a scandal. And his polling continues to crater. And in so doing, as his polling has cratered, they haven't seemed to figure out a path forward to get out of the hole. And this is supposedly the team that had all the skills to be able to do that. It's it's just mind-boggling that we're here. And again, whether you like Joe Biden or not, it's remarkable to me that them, given their background, given the people, Ron Klain, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris even for that matter, they've been in Washington for a while. They they can't figure out how to get out of this stuff. They can't figure out how to how to resolve it. That's that's pretty striking that they they seem to be asleep at the switch. While all of that is happening, there is another story out there we need to talk about. The White House has jumped the gun. The White House says that your kids ages 5 to 11 can get the COVID vaccine. They released that news this morning. It turns out the FDA has not signed off on that. Essentially, they're putting pressure on the FDA to make it so. Now, here's the problem. By putting pressure on the FDA, if the FDA does it, the FDA is going to look pressured. If the FDA looks pressured, it's going to cause people to doubt If it causes people to doubt, it's going to graze even further tensions in the country if they try to push it forward. And the Democrats have thought that if they pushed it forward, they could divide Americans. But at some point, you know, here's the thing. Everyone kind of knows this isn't a virus that really affects children. Certainly, there there are children who have died of COVID. I think I saw today, though, that there have been less than a dozen kids who died of COVID who had no known pre-existing conditions. All the others had pre-existing conditions. Overwhelmingly, it was morbid obesity for children. Not always, but overwhelmingly. And so the problem here is, is you try to tell parents now, you gotta, you got to give this vaccine to your kids. There are a lot of parents who are a little bit squeamish about doing that. There are a lot of parents who aren't sure they want to do that. There are a lot of parents out there who are a, a little bit concerned with the idea of going down that road. And so when you when you push parents in that direction and you do so by jumping ahead of the FDA, You've jumped ahead of the FDA and you've you've complicated the situation in large part because what you're actually doing is you're making it look like it was a political decision. And in making it look like it's a political decision, you're making it look like this is about crisis management and not COVID management. White House COVID-19 response coordinator Jeff Zitz 
outlines the administration's plans to deploy COVID-19 vaccines for children ages 5 to 11, contingent on approval by the FDA and the CDC, including a number of operations geared towards vaccinating children. But here's the problem. Rachel Linsky, who is the head of the CDC, has come out this morning and said, even if we get 100% vaccination rate for kids in schools, the masks have to stay. There is a growing concern among a lot of Americans that the White House and the CDC don't want to let it go that they don't want us to get out of the virus, that they can control our lives and the way we live as long as they keep the global pandemic raging, that they can can continue to force us to wear masks and social distance and stay home and and reprioritize our lives as long as the COVID situation exists. I, I want to propose an alternative theory that I think is actually less conspiratorial and more realistic. It's not that they don't want us to get out of the pandemic. It's that they don't know how to get us out of the pandemic. That they don't, they don't know how. It's not that, that they want to. It's not that they want to extend it. They they have internalized this is a deadly virus. They've internalized. They believe this. They say it. When they say it so forcefully, so adamantly, and so regularly, don't presume that you know better what they believe than what they believe because they're telling us what they believe. This is a deadly pandemic and a lot of people could die. They believe that. They've internalized that. It has defined them and their goals. It has put them on the map. It puts Anthony Fauci on television all the time. It has become their reason for being and they can't let it go because they don't know how to get us out of it. But what they know is that if they don't know how to get us out of it, you sure as hell don't know how to get us out of it because you're not the expert. And they prioritize their expertise over the American people because you get this sense all the time, and this is a lot of why Joe Biden's polling is down, is they just don't like you. They don't think you're smart. Now, people are stupid. They're right. People are totally stupid. But the individual American left to his own devices is actually pretty resourceful, and they don't like that because they don't think you are very resourceful and they don't know how to get us out of the pandemic. They don't know how to let us move forward. So they're grasping at straws. They thought the vaccine would let us move forward and people are still getting sick even after they get vaccinated. Thankfully, not as bad. And shouldn't that be the point? We get people vaccinated and say, go live your life. You may still get sick, but you're not going to die. But they internalized early on this pandemic was so bad and we can't let anybody die and we must get rid of it. Not that we must cope with it, but that we must get rid of it. And they don't know how to get rid of it. And so because they don't know how we should get rid of it or can't get rid of it, they can't let us go about our lives. And so we're held hostage to their fear. And that's no way for you and me or even them to live. Now, I will tell you how you should live. You should live as someone unafraid. And if you're a conservative, you should live, be willing to commit yourself to helping the conservative movement battle back against what's going on in this country. And part of that is you should do business with those who share your values, like Patriot Mobile, their cell phone company. 
They have great service nationwide. Go check out their map if you don't believe me. Go to PatriotMobile.com. They've got cell coverage, data coverage, you name it, across the country. What you can do is go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric, and you can sign up. You get free activation using my name. They give discounts for veterans, first responders. They also give discounts. If you're an NRA member, they give you a good discount too. If you've got a large family with multiple lines, they give you a good discount. You can also call them. They've got 100% U.S.-based customer service. 972-PATRIOT is their number. But you can go online, patriotmobile.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Go to that website, activate with them, and you need to know they take a portion of their profits and they fund the conservative movement. They fund the pro-life cause. They fund the Second Amendment cause, veterans and first responders. They're very active within the conservative movement because they're Christians and conservatives. They're not playing with you. It's not a tagline. These people really are. And so you can do business with someone who shares your values. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Oh, Josh Crashauer at the National Journal just puts a note in on on, uh, Virginia polling from Monmouth University. Now, I don't put a little stock in uh, Monmouth University, but their trend lines have been pretty consistent. And their trend line, straightforward, is um, Republicans are 49% more enthusiastic than they were in the last gubernatorial election in Virginia. Democrats, only 26% of Democrats are more enthusiastic. Voter engagement, uh, who's motivated to vote? 79% of Republicans 72% of Democrats, the Democratic enthusiasm has gone down from August. Now, what's the deal here? This is the problem. Terry McAuliffe has been campaigning with a number of surrogates. Kamala Harris, Stacey Abrams, Joe Biden, and they are alienating independent swing voters. As more of these Democratic stars come into Virginia, the independent voters are switching to Glenn Youngkin. This is a really, really big warning sign for 2022. Now, I got to tell you, I just put up a Twitter thread on on my last monologue that I was talking about. And let, let me explain this again in a nutshell. Uh, the Biden team really does believe that they can get us out of the pandemic, but they internalized that they would get rid of COVID along the way. And now they can't land the plane and get us out of the COVID because the destination they were headed to, a lack of COVID, is nowhere to be found. And if they think they think if they land the plane now, they're going to crash. All they know how to land at is the airport of no more COVID. The sooner they figure out how to land us at COVID's around to stay, the better they will be and the sooner we can get on with our lives. But they don't know how to land the plane. It's not that they don't want to land. It's that they don't know how to land in an area where they haven't eradicated COVID because they assured us they would get rid of it. And the vaccines aren't doing that. 